Now, first Peter, second Peter chapter one, second Peter chapter one. Thank you. Second to Timothy, who, who, Peter, who's Peter? <laughs> Timothy, brother, come on, get with the program. My Lord. Well, I wasn't going to start with verse one, but verse one is a very special verse to us. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. The word promise actually means proclamation, according to the proclamation of life. And that's really what we are. We proclaim a lot here. That's why God said we have a voice, because we proclaim. And that's really what our name means. It means the word proclamation. In other words, to shout it out about the life of God that is available to people. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. From God the Father and Jesus Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. So Timothy had tears to see his spiritual father and his spiritual father had uh, a deep desire uh, to see him. Praise God. That's how it should be when you're connected with somebody right. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned. Now that word, you know, when you, when you feign, you fake it. That's what a feign means. You're going to feign a punch. You fake a punch. Do you understand? Unfeigned means unfake or sincere. Are you with me? This is not a, this is not a dupe. You're not duping somebody. This is real genuine stuff. Now this is the real McCoy. So that's what he's talking about. Your faith is the real stuff, Timothy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. I am convinced that is in thee also. Let me pause for a second and say, say something to you. Paul the apostle, the greatest probably believer of the New Testament, if you want to, we're all equal, but you know what I'm saying. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. I mean, he, he, he was up there in terms of God's opinion and God's trust for, for, for the New, church, New Testament church. Paul the apostle comments here that uh, grandmama and mama had a direct influence on son. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? Yes, sir. The faith that was in the grandmother that was then in the mother, he said, I'm convinced is in you. Of course, there are first generation Christians where you're now the grandmother, so to speak, or the grandfather. You're starting it. Uh -huh. But I don't want you to ever doubt that if you've got children and you've tried to instill things into them, uh, I believe faith the revelation of faith is obviously caught. It just can't be transferred from parent to child. Just because I understand faith doesn't mean Quinn's going to understand faith. True. Do you understand? Because he has to catch it. He has to get it. Just because I'm saved doesn't mean he's going to be saved. He has to catch it. Everybody stands individually on their own two legs before God. But there's, having said that, there's something about the grandparent and the parent that is operating in faith to affect the child. Yes. Yes. So don't underestimate. If you've got children and you've been standing and you've been praying and you've been believing, don't underestimate what your prayers can do because even, Tim, even Paul here says uh, the grandmother's faith affected the mother yeah. and the mother's faith affected the son. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it can do it you know, unilaterally. You've got sons, Willie. Yeah. Now you've, you've been believing God for a long time. They still have to come to their own understanding and, and their own will has to be involved. But there is definitely an influencing power because of your faith as a mother and your prayers for them. And you're claiming their salvation, although they have to yield. But because of your claiming it, God can make it so irresistible to them. Like Zona, the daughter of Norval Hayes, who was very rebellious, even though God healed 42 gross on her body. She became a very rebellious young lady. And she didn't want God and she was rebelling against God. And Norval, who was a single dad, was just praying and seeking God and just saying, Lord, I'm not letting her go. I hold her. I hold her in the spirit. I hold her in the spirit. Now, God led him. I'm not saying everybody do this, but God led him keep her in your house. As long as she's under your roof, there's a measure of spiritual authority you have greater over her than if she's out there in somebody else's house. I'm not saying that's the answer for everybody, but in many times, even if they're not following all the rules, uh, unless God specifically tells you otherwise, keep them close to you. 
because the more they're around you, the more the anointing has a chance to work. Anyway, he kept releasing his faith. See, the, the, the faith that was in the father has a right to affect the daughter. But she still has to get it, but he can influence her, right, Jenny? And so he, uh, he started releasing his faith, Cyril. My God, an angel walked into her room, a living, live, 12-foot, whatever he was, angel. And her eyes were opened, and she saw that angel. And Norval said it scared the hell right out of her because she was filled with hell. And Zona became, uh, she's gone now, but Zona became a magnificent minister of the gospel ran his ministry, ran his healing, ran a whole healing school for him. Just a power-packed, powerhouse lady. Rebellious as all get out till that angel walked in and, and she had an encounter with God because of that angel. So I'm telling you, don't ever give up because God can put people across children's path and he does, laborers. He can give them dreams. They can just have that lack of sleep. They just rest us until they make it right with God. But he can also do a dream. He doesn't mean that he will. You can't claim that. You can't claim the angel ministry. You can just claim that God is going to influence them and get it over to them. But God can, if he chooses, he can send an angel into their room and get their attention. And it took that to get Zona's life to turn around. But you see, the faith of the father wouldn't let her go. Now, could she have looked at that angel and said, forget about it. Just forget about it. I'm not interested. I've got connections. I'm not interested. Could she have said that? Absolutely. And she would have gone on in darkness. She could, have, she could have set her will against God. But God in his mercy can make things so irresistible to people, even with dramatic occurrences like an angelic visitation, where for them to really reject that would show an utter disregard for anything, anything to do with God. But if there's anything in their heart that is pure, if there's anything in their heart that is hungry, when, when God does that kind of stuff, they will yield. Yes. Praise God. And most people are, they have something in their heart that's right. Yes. They're just clouded by all the other stuff. So I want to say, I felt prompted to say this. Whoever this is for, maybe online, I don't know. But don't, don't quit praying for your children and for your grandchildren and even your great-grandchildren. If there's another generation involved, don't, don't underestimate what God can do. God can do it if you won't quit. You've got to hold them in the spirit. And don't, and don't let your mind wander and get upset because they're, they're into all this nonsense and all this garbage. The devil will try to bombard you. See, it's not working. See, it's not working. See, it's not working. You answer him and say, see, it's working. My mind can't see it, my, my brain and my emotions can't fathom it, but I declare it's working because my God said that as of me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My God said that a lamb for a house and I am the head of this house in the realm of the spirit and I've claimed that person. Amen. My God. You know, Jenny with her dad, you know, she prayed for him for many years and the anointing came on her one day. Remember that, Jenny? I'm telling you that anointing was strong and she started praying out by the spirit. She wouldn't have planned to say this. That's why you got to learn to be led by the spirit. But she started praying out in the Holy Ghost and then praying out in English. And what her English prayer was, which she had never prayed these words before ever. It was an unusual prayer, but it was authored by the Holy Ghost. And she started saying, I block your way to hell. I bar your way to hell. You will not go. Now, that person can still go. Do you understand? No person can change another human will. But in the realm of the spirit, she was, she was blocking. They were on a path and she was saying, you're not going. I'm blocking it. I'm standing. Now, you can still step over me and go to hell by the decision of your own will. But you're going to have to have a little bit stronger will than you have right now to get into hell because I'm blocking the way. Now, you see, that was by the Holy Ghost. See, you, you can get into a place of the spirit where you are contending for that soul of that person and don't you quit. Yes, Hortense, I'm speaking to you by the spirit. Don't you quit with your son. Don't you quit with your son. I know that there are, there are issues and there are problems, but you stand your ground and you take hold. You lay hold in the spirit. It's not about the witnessing and all the natural stuff. If God tells you to witness, witness, but it's not all about that. You lay hold in the spirit. For, for, for him to do what God's called him to do and, and, and be in the place where God wants him to be. Because there's some changes that need to be made in his life. And I won't say what they are. I know by the spirit what they are, but I won't say them publicly. But there's some changes that have to be made. And they're very important changes. In fact, they're changes that if he doesn't make them, he's not going to make it. So they are very important that he yields, that you yield your will to the spirit and pray out and lay hold in the spirit for that young man. Because don't underestimate the power that is made available because of your prayers. Praise God. Now that applies to every person that is praying for a child. No matter what age they are. Do you listening to me? 
it's important. Don't you quit your praying. Don't you get discouraged. Don't you let him go. So mom, don't you let Shannon go. Don't you let her go in the spirit. You hold her in the spirit. You don't have to always try to witness and, and don't be moved because she says this or she says that or it doesn't look like it's working. That's all the natural. Just hold her in the spirit and just lay claim. Just lay hold. Say, Father, I block her way. She's not going. Praise God. We better start praying for Ebi because as a Muslim, he's on his way to hell and he's in his 80. I can feel the heat on his, he probably feels the heat on his toes. He's not very far away from that hell's gate. We better, seriously, we better start laying hold in, in another dimension for his salvation. Praise God. God, this is not a joke. You're a Muslim. You don't get to go to heaven. The alternative is an eternity in hell. And nobody talks about this anymore like there's some kind of purgatory. There's not. If you're not born again, you don't go to heaven. So we need to really pray for people that are not born again and lay hold in the spirit and say, Father, I'm blocking their way. I know they can step over me if, if their stubborn will chooses hell. Then, Lord, I can't, I can't, you can't, I can't, nobody can stop them because we can't overcome will. Neither will you. But, Father, everything that I can do in the spirit, I'll do. And I'm declaring and I'm saying and I'm speaking and I'm prophesying and angels are dispatched to assist and dreams come to them and, work and, and, and people come across their path that they didn't know, they didn't expect to preach the gospel right to their face. Lord, get their attention, whatever it takes, get their attention. Amen. And we must sometimes take a stronger grip with that because we get lulled into that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And sometimes it's not. That's why God told me, he said, don't you ever do a funeral for a sinner. He told me that years ago when I started the ministry, 29 years ago, he said, don't you ever do a funeral for a sinner. And I said, Lord, why? He said, because there's no hope there in hell. You can't comfort people. There's no hope. There is the sting of death. But the believer, Paul said, where is thou thy sting, O grave? Where is thy victory, death? There's no victory or sting in when you're saved. You just separated for a short while. But they're waiting on you on the other side. When they're a sinner, there's no hope. Do you understand? So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't engage in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just like I don't marry people that aren't saved. Yeah. Because now they're making a covenant, but it's not before God, but I'm a minister of God. So they're making a, I'm only there to witness the, the witness the covenant they're making with each other before God. If they don't even believe in God, why, why, why do I need to be there? Go to the judge. That's why he's there. He's full of the devil anyway. Go to the judge. You're demon possessed. He's demon possessed. Enjoy your party. Don't come to me if you don't even believe in Jesus. I don't marry you and I don't bury you unless you're born again. Because if you're born again, there's hope. And if you're not born again, you're, you're finished. You're toast. Anyway, moving. Smile, Jennifer, smile, sweetheart. I need a smile. My God, I need a smile. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. That doesn't mean you have to name your kids now Lois and Eunice, Okay. And I'm persuaded that is in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I know you separate them, but five, six, and seven all go together. And I want to just share something very simple and then we'll end. I want to share something very simple with you, but it'll, it's helped me. I believe it will help you. Notice what he said at the beginning of verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith. What is he saying? When I remember, that's what call to remembrance means, I remember. When I remember the faith, what's the subject matter? Sincere faith. That's the subject matter. The subject matter is not really Eunice and Lois. The subject matter is faith. When I remember the sincere faith in grandma and in mom, and that I know is in you, I'm convinced, I'm persuaded that it's in you. He's saying, I know it's in you. But what did he say? When I, listen closely, when I remember, he's talking, Paul's talking, when I remember the faith that is in grandma, mama, and you, and what's the next statement? I put, I ask you to remember. Did you see that? Verse 5, when I call to remembrance, verse 6, wherefore I put thee in remembrance. What's he saying? When I remember you got faith, I'm asking you to remember, stir up. When I remember you've got faith, and you do, I'm, a I'm asking you, the one with faith, you remember something. This is a very important key. To have, understand faith, to have faith, to be in a church that teaches faith, and to actually exercise your faith is Praise God. Awesome. You're on the way. 
But notice that Paul didn't stop there. He said, I know you've got faith. I remember you've got faith, but I'm asking you to not forget to do something with your faith. I'm asking you, don't forget. You've got faith, but it's not enough to just have faith. You've got faith, but I'm asking you to remember, stir up the gift of God that is in you by the putting. A lot of people disregard this because they say it's only for fivefold ministers. And while the subject matter is Timothy and he is a fivefold minister, it does not only refer to fivefold ministers. It refers to every person that is a believer. It might be more for fivefold ministers, but every Christian is, a, is still in this verse, and I'll tell you why. What is he saying? I know you got faith. I remember you've got faith. Now I'm asking you, the faith, one with the faith, you remember to stir something up. You can have faith, but if you don't stir your faith up, your faith won't work for you right. Are you listening to me? This is why Lester Sumrall made the words, the statement, faith has to be reborn every day. This is why Dad Hagen taught us, you have faith, but you cannot go tomorrow on yesterday's faith. This is why he taught us this. He's trying to tell us, you've got faith. And I'm proud that you've got faith. Faith is working for you. But if we're faith that works for you today, tomorrow, are you with me? Where does faith come from? Hearing the word. What did God tell the children of Israel? You got your manna, which was representing spiritual food. You got your manna today, but tomorrow that manna is useless. That manna is going to get moldy. The only time it lasted was when there was a Sabbath because they had to rest. And God allowed that supernaturally. But the rest of the time he said, listen, you've collected some food, which for us represents spiritual food or revelation from the word. That's what it symbolizes for the New Testament believer. For them, it was angels food. It was a special food that came that they found like dew on the, on, on the plants. I mean, it was a miracle. Every day God did a special miracle for them just to give them some kind of bread, some kind of manna. I mean, that's a miracle in and of itself. But he said, now what you've collected today is not going to do you any good tomorrow because when, when tomorrow comes and you try to munch down on it, it's going to be filled with mold. You've got to go out every day and get something fresh. And the, the revelation you had today is, yes, it will last you the rest of your life if you hold on to it, but you can't go on just today's revelation. Tomorrow, you have to have some fresh manna. Because you, you have to, why? Because you need the fresh word, the fresh revelation, the fresh manna. Why? Because faith comes by the word. If you've got the fresh manna, the fresh word, you've got a reborn faith. Amen. That's why your faith has to be reborn. That's why you've got to maintain you, you have faith today. You're using faith today. But you know tomorrow is Saturday. Tomorrow's got its own evil. What you needed your faith for today, uh, it, it's gonna, to some measure it will work. But what I'm saying is tomorrow, you can't just rely on today. You've got to get up tomorrow and you've got to open your Bible. And you've got to read a little bit. And you've got to say, Jesus, I love you. I worship you. Maybe you'll have a long time. Maybe you'll have a short time. Don't get legalistic. The point is, start your day with him. Keep your heart turned toward him. Jesus, I love you. You're my Lord. And I meditate on your word. And I thank you for faith. Because now what am I doing? I'm, I'm renewing. I'm strengthening. I'm, my faith is being reborn. Now, this verse is talking about reborn faith. What is he saying to you? You've got faith. I know you've got faith, but you need to remember to do something with that faith. Stir yourself up. When you stir yourself up, what are you doing? You are re that faith is being reborn. You are repeating those scriptures. The scriptures, you don't always have to have a new scripture every day because the scripture is eternal. The scripture that gave you faith yesterday can also give you faith today. But just because you got faith from the verse yesterday doesn't mean you're going to get faith today unless you meditate on that verse again. Are you with me? So when I say your faith is, it has an exhaustion limit, the word doesn't have an exhaustion limit. So you could have revelation yesterday from a verse and you don't need now a new verse you, there's lots of verses. Pick one if you want. You can take a new one every day if you want. But I'm saying you don't need to have a new verse. You can take the old verse, but the old verse is always new because the Word of God is constantly alive. So you can take the living Word yesterday and faith comes. Now you hear that faith needs to be built again. Take that Word again. It becomes a living Word again and faith comes. What is that called? You're stirring up your faith. You had faith, but it's kind of over while you slept, it kind of laid down with you. 
Faith sleeps too. Are you listening? Faith goes to sleep with you. When you wake up, that faith has to be stirred. That faith has to be reborn. That faith has to be re-energized. And how do you do it? With the Word, because the Word is always living. You take that Word and it re-energizes you. Now, if you don't do that, you're going to find your faith doesn't work right for you. Do you understand? And then what happens is you become an emotional Christian. When you feel in the services, (laughs) I feel the fluff of angels. And then you're very emotional and your faith's working. But then tomorrow morning, you go to work and they're all cussing and drinking and smoking and talking bad about you and lying and and you don't feel any angels fluff. Nothing, Willie. You You walk into the lion's den. I'm, I'm sorry, but now you're emotional. See, now, now, you're not, now you're not operating in your faith because you don't feel good. Do you understand? But you can still have victory in that lion's den. What you've got to learn to do is when you wake up in the morning before you get into the lion's den. A lot of people wait till they're in the lion's den and their head is in the lion's mouth. And then they're starting to say, I praise you, Jesus. Well, you could have helped yourself a little bit by doing it before they threw you in the den. When you wake up in the morning, start to take that scripture, even the same one from before or a different one that the Lord gives you. It's always living. Now get that living faith out of that word again and start to stir yourself up and start to rekindle and reignite in the fire of God. And you say, yes, you know what? Matthew 8, 17 is true. You know what? Who I preach to the most, Cyril, and it ain't you, my brother. It's myself. Are you listening to me? You should be preaching to yourself every day. You know, you know, you, you know, you scruffy person in the mirror. You're so handsome sometimes, not today. But you know, Matthew 8, 17 worked yesterday and Matthew 8, 17 works today. What am I doing right now? I'm stirring myself up. Amen. What am I, how do I do it? I don't think. You can't stir yourself up thinking. You stir yourself up talking. Because talking includes meditating. You got to talk. You got to talk. I'm telling you, are you listening? I don't, know, I don't know if you really want to hear it or not, but, but I'm telling you this works. You've got to, you've got to train yourself to be a talker. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm, intro, but I'm introverted, Pastor. But, 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 Pastor, I'm introvert. I'm just an introvert. Get over it! Your introversion will kill you. You might be at the party and be an introvert. You're allowed to do that. You might be at work and be an introvert. You're allowed to do that. When it comes to your spiritual life, there is no introverts. Introverts go into the ground with cancer. Introverts get into car accidents and get killed. If you're spiritually an introvert, you're in big trouble. You can't be quiet. You can't be... (laughs) You can do that in the natural world, but in your spiritual life, you've got to grab a hold of that word. And how do you stir yourself up? You start talking. That's what I do. I start talking. I don't always feel like it. You've got to get over the feelings. Let me tell you, most stuff you're not going to feel, so just get over it. I wake up, I don't always feel good, I don't always want to, Lord, I'm not, but I start to say, now, Lord, I thank you, your word says. Your word says. You see, that's how I start, because his word is living and is alive, it's active. Now, if I start to say his word, what happens? Faith comes by hearing by that word. And that, that faith becomes alive in me again. What does that mean? Faith is reborn for that day. It was sleeping with me, but now I'm going to wake my faith up. I'm up and faith, you're up whether you like it or not. The word of God is still true. And I remind myself, this is the day. You know, they, Jesus sang that, that one Psalm 118. He sang that right before. It was the last Psalm he sang before he went to the cross. And if Jesus could sing knowing they were about to beat him to a pulp within hours, if he could sing with his 11 disciples, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. And be glad. And he was about to die. <laughs> I don't care what's on my day. I don't, care what, I don't care what problem I'm facing. I didn't face what Jesus faced. And if he can say, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice. I can certainly say, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice. See, now that's revelation knowledge that he gave me. Do you know, often I, I'll claim that and I'll say, Father, your word says, this is the day the Lord has made. And I will, my choice, I choose to rejoice and be glad. If you could choose on that day, almighty God, I can certainly choose today. I want you to know that I rejoice in you. And then I move on. And I don't have a list. Lists will kill you. Lists are legalism. They'll suck the life out of your prayer session. You should have enough word rolling around inside you that you don't need some prayer book. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
You can read a prayer book once in a while, but you shouldn't be bound to lists. It just comes out of you. It's a flow. And Lord, this is a day you've made and I rejoice. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I want you to know something. I still believe, Matthew 8, 17, that you took my infirmities and you bear my sickness. That worked for me yesterday. <laughs> it works for me today. I claim it. He took my infirmity and he bare my sickness. What am I doing? I'm stirring myself up. What am I doing? I'm speaking the living word. I'm reigniting and rekindling and causing that faith to jump up within me again. And, I, and when I do it, I can feel it. It's like a surge. It goes, and I start to feel strong, and I start to feel good. I'm not just feeling emotionally, but my spirit man, I can feel him strong. And that's how you start your day. Do you understand? Faith has to be reborn. I remember you have faith, but I'm asking you to remember to stir it up. Because faith sleeps with you. It has to be woken up. Are you listening to me? Faith can't necessarily die, but it can be exhausted, Reverend Taylor. But when I wake up in the morning, my faith went to sleep with me last night. And if I don't stir that faith up and re-energize it, it won't work for me today. And how do I do it? I got to have the word because faith comes by the word. So you've got to have a scripture or more than one. And, and if you don't have it rolling around, then grab your Bible. You should read your Bible anyway, but start reading. And then the Holy Ghost jumps something off the page. But sometimes I'll be honest with you. Can I just not, don't be religious with me. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes you're real busy. And sometimes I'm not always prompted. I know it sounds sacrilegious, but I'm not always prompted to pick up my Bible and read it. Because sometimes the Holy Ghost got five verses. As soon as I open my eyes, these five verses are bubbling, 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 bubbling. But I don't need to look for a verse because I've got five verses right there. Now, I may, if I don't know how to quote them exact, I may look them up, but many times I've memorized them anyway. And so I'll just start to say the verses that are in my spirit. Because see, God was downloading to me as I slept exactly what I would need for that day. Because yeah. he knows what I'm going to face. So he's already got verses. They're bubbling on the inside of me. And if I just yield to those and start to speak them, then what am I doing? I'm speaking the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. As I'm speaking those, those scriptures, now my faith starts to be energized. I can feel it rise up within me. What is happening? My faith is being reborn. What am I doing? I'm stirring my faith up. I'm stirring it up. And I can feel that surge of power come. I may feel physically tired. I may not be in a physically good mood. The kids might be this, that might be that. The thing might have broken. You know, we live in a real world. Do you understand there's problems that we face? But your spirit man, you can know. My spirit man's where it needs to be right now. Glory to God. This day might have a few problems, but my God, I'm with God. God's walking with me. I stirred myself up today. I'm not. See, if you don't stir yourself up, your faith from Sunday won't work on Wednesday. You've got to learn to do this every day. You'll, you'll turn into a wildly strong Christian. I'm serious. You'll turn into a wildly strong Christian. So let, when it says here now, wherefore I put thee in remembrance, you remember that thou stir up the gift of God. I know you're saying the gift of God. Well, what is the gift of God? Well, he said by the laying on of my hands. So there was obviously, he's referring to the impartation that he got for the fivefold ministry, the call. That's why I'm saying this is primarily for ministers, but it works for everybody. Do you know why? Can I tell you the definition in the Greek of the word gift? It's the word charisma. But it's not only fivefold ministry related, if you study it. The gift of God is, and it's not just an office. That's why you can include faith in the gift of God. You're stirring up your faith. You're stirring up what God has put in you. What has he put in you? Faith. Now, if you're a minister, he's also put in you a call. But, but, you, but every person has faith. Every person, God's put something in them. Now, that word gift, it means a few different things. It means a, a spiritual endowment. Now, that is typically for ministers. God gives them an endowment. He puts something on them. It also means a miraculous faculty, which means supernatural gifts of the Spirit that, that work with that endowment like, you know, power and different things like that. And that could be for any believer. You, you can all have a miraculous faculty that God uses you in. Do you understand? Yeah. And you can have a, to a measure endowments as well. May not be fivefold offices, but they're still, so that those really apply mainly to ministers, but a bit to everybody. But the third definition is not just a miraculous faculty or spiritual endowment. The third definition is religious qualification. And this opens the door to every single believer. Because the gift of God means when you have been religiously qualified. What does that mean? Lord, 
Religiously means relationship with God, obviously. When, the, when, you, when you stand in a place of qualification, what does that mean? Every believer stands in a place of qualification. If you're born again and you've got the word of God and the Holy Ghost in you, you automatically are religiously qualified. So what I'm saying, I'm trying, I don't want to lose you with too many Greek definitions, but what I'm saying is if you study that, it is not just for ministers. What God is saying is every one of you are qualified. Every one of you walk with me. Every one of you are washed in the blood. Every one of you have my spirit in you. Every one of you have faith in you. You're all qualified. Stir up that. Well, what qualified you? Faith qualified you. So what are you stirring up? What qualified you? Faith. What was the subject matter of the previous verse? Your unfeigned faith. I know your mama got faith, your grandmother got faith, and I'm convinced you do too. So by the way, let me remind you, you remember, stir up the gift. But the gift would include faith because you were religiously qualified because you got faith. Now, a minister also has an endowment. The minister also has miraculous faculties and gifts of the Spirit that are for their office. And as a minister, I need to stir all of those things up. But as just a believer, I stir up what qualified me to begin with. Are you listening? What had qualified me to begin with? Faith qualifies you. Not your need, your faith. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you say He is Lord and you believe that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. What was the qualification? Believe with your heart and say with your mouth. Faith was the qualification that got you in the kingdom. Faith was the qualification that got you filled with the Holy Ghost. Faith is the qualification that causes you to break through and have victory in every area of your life. So if it says religious, gift means religious qualification, it means whatever qualified you, you need to stir up. What qualified you? Faith. What was the subject matter in the previous verse? Unfeigned faith. What are you to stir up? Faith. I have to stir up more than you. This young man has to stir up more than you. Because a fivefold minister, I don't just have to stir up my qualification faith. I also have to stir up, I also have to stir up that endowment. I have to stir up that office I stand in. I have, to serve, I have to stir up those miraculous faculties that are with my office. I have to, how do I do that? It's not hard. How do I do that? Father, I thank you for the call of God that's on me. I thank you for the offices that I stand in and I start to say it out of my mouth. Father, I thank you for the gifts of the spirit that you've assigned to those offices. Lord, I thank you. I remind myself that I am, and then I start quoting verses that Paul said in the gospels and Peter about the qualifications of a minister and how ministers should act and how ministers should live their life. And I start to repeat that to the Lord. And then I say, Father, I stir myself up. I'm not just a believer today. I stand as your man. I stand in an office. I'm your preacher. I'm your, I'm your spokesperson in this earth. See, I have to stir up more than you because I stand in an office, but every person has, has something to stir up. You're stirring up what qualified you. What qualified you? Your faith qualified you. What was the subject matter of the first five? Faith was. So when he says, I know you got faith, Willie, I'm asking you to remember to stir up the gift. He's also talking about faith. Are you with me? How do you stir up your faith? Get those verses and start saying them. Look at yourself in the mirror. Listen to me. I'm trying to help you. If you're, if, you just, if you're like most Christians and you're half dead when you wake up, some of you are like spunky little rabbits. You make me sick. I don't understand that. You're just spunky. <laughs> Where's my coffee? <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm like, just shut up. Slap you. Just get out of here. Because for me and Taylor and most of humanity, we just barely can see the door. Boom, you hit yourself on the door as you walk through. Oh, God, it's another day. <laughs> Some of you are spunky, some of you are not. That's the way your makeup, there's no right or wrong with it. But if you're spunky, you've got less of an excuse. Because you're already happy to be up. You can, you can take the word and you can say, Lord Jesus, help me. Ah, glory to God. Yeah, you've got no excuse. But if you're like me and Taylor, you've got to... I, gotta, I can't even see at first. I'm telling you, I can't even see. I have to go, why won't my eyes work? I bind you, devil. Why won't my eyes work? Okay, now they're working. Oh, God. Lord, I'll praise you after I get my tea. Oh, Jesus, give me double caffeine. Oh, God. And, and I just, I can barely see the Bible. And I don't feel anything. Because you're spunkies, you, you don't, you'd have no excuse. But for us, us low-down ones, that are hard, it's hard for us. We have to stir. It's harder to stir yourself up when your makeup is tired. But I still do it. So what I do is if I lie on the bed and I try to stir myself up, I'll stir myself right back into sleep. So no, I'm not kidding you. I do this often. I get up 
and I'll go into that bathroom and I'll look in that mirror. And the first thing, I, I, I first sh I shudder when I look first. I said, my God, my God, Father, you must love me because nobody else does. But I'll look at myself square in the eye and I feel weird at first doing it, but I've done it so long now, I don't feel weird anymore. All you feel weird is about you. Now your angels are kind of looking and laughing at you, but don't worry about them, okay? They've seen you naked. They know what you look like. Don't worry about it. They're not interested in all that stuff. They're ministers of God, but they see you all the time. So does God. So get over it. But I look at myself in that mirror and I say, now the Spirit of God lives in you. And you're not going to fail today. And you're not going to sin today. And you're going to walk above the temptations that you face. And Matthew 8, 17 works for you, son. Matthew 8, 17 works for you, Craig. He bore your sickness. Whatever you face today, you're going to have victory over that. And the Bible says that he's made you rich and adds no sorrow with it. Praise God. And I just start to build myself up. What am I doing? I'm speaking the word. I said those verses hundreds and thousands of times, but they're still living. And as I say the words, uh, my faith is being ignited. It's strengthened. It's reborn. It, bu it builds. It builds. And then I found a great verse it's over there in Genesis chapter one. And it says, and God looked at all that he had made and it was very good. So I go to Jenny sometimes and I say, I quoted to her, I said, the Lord looked upon everything that he made and it was very, very good. That's what I do. That's what I do. Might not be true, but it's what I do. Now, let me close it by saying this. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what the word stir up means. Okay, it's a compound Greek word. So it comes from two words. The first part of that word, it's a very long word. I won't even try to pronounce it because it's extremely long and hard to pronounce. Okay, that's what usually compound words are extra long because you're dealing with two words instead of one. But the first word, the first part of that Greek word, it means a living thing. It's talking about life, something that has life to it. And the second part of that compound word, it means literally fire, specifically lightning. Mm. So what it is literally saying, if you compound those two Greek words, it means to stir up living fire, fire that is alive. The reason it says lightning is because in the ancient times, you could, anybody could make fire, and yes, fire is alive, but lightning it's just a different category. It's like it's, they thought it was from the gods or whatever. It's, you can't control lightning. You can control fire. But when lightning flashes, it produces fire, but it's living. So, this, so in a, fire is also living, but it's like, a, it's like a souped up version, what they're trying to say. And he's saying, I want you to stir up. What does stir up means? It means to stir up living fire. Now, the, king, the Bible says in Hebrews 4, uh, it says in verse 12, it says that the word of God is, is, remember it says all those things, living, active, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. But one of those words, it means there in the Greek, it means live, it mean, active, it means to be alive, to be quickened, to be made alive. So the Bible, the word of God is actually living. Do you understand? It's a living word. That's why it's not like the Quran. That's why it's not like Reader's Digest. When you read the scriptures, there's spiritual life in those words that you don't even hardly understand. But it's, I'm telling you, it's a living book. The word of God is active. It's alive. That's why when revelation comes, the logos, which is just words on a page, becomes alive to you. He pours it in. He, he utters it. He speaks it to you. He quickens it. And that word in Hebrews 4.12 means fire. It becomes alive like a fire. Now this word here means stir up, means make alive, make a living fire, make living lightning. Well, what is that? How do you make something alive? Stirring up means rekindle. It means to make alive. If you look at the original definition, it says to rekindle or to stir up living fire. So how do you stir up? How do you rekindle it, Jenny? What are you rekindling? The word, because the word is the thing that's living. The word is a thing that gives you faith. It can't be anything else. It has to be the word because faith doesn't come by anywhere else but by the word. And we know the subject matter in verse five was faith. And then in verse six, he says, stir it up. What is he talking about? The gift, the qualification. What qualified you was faith. Stir up that faith. How do you stir it up? With the word because that's the only place it comes from. Now it means to kindle living fire. Why? Because Hebrews 4.12 says when the word comes, it is alive unto you like fire. 
So when the word comes and it's alive unto you that day and the next day comes, your faith was sleeping with you. You got to wake it up. You take that same word and you, now you start talking it and meditating on it and praising God for it. And what happens is it was kindled in you before, but now you are rekindling fire. That yeah, yeah. is not just fire, Taylor. It's lightning. When I get up in the morning, that's why John Lake talked about the lightnings of heaven flashed through my soul. That's why he talks about that. Because the word actually talks about the rekindled word of God is like lightning to you. When you get there and you start saying, Father, by your stripes, I am healed. And, and the whole, it starts to rekindle. What happens? The lightning of God comes through you and it makes you alive. Your faith goes, Whoa. And you start saying, I'm not sick anymore. I drive you out of me in Jesus' name. I'm not discouraged. I'm not depressed. I'm not moody. I drive you out of me in Jesus' name. I, and you start, whatever the verses are, it, it rekindles life to you. Now, what did Paul say? He said, I know you got faith. But he said, I'm asking you to remember, stir it up. We teach a lot on faith, but we don't teach a lot on stirring it up. It's one thing to have faith, but if you don't stir it up, you, Lorenzo, it's great to have faith, but if you don't stir up the faith you had, it won't work for you today. Make it alive. Make living lightning come back into your soul. How? Start to speak the word. Start to look at yourself and say, I believe it in Jesus' name. The word of God is true. Let all men be alive. That's why as you study the Bible and you start memorizing scriptures, you'll have, you may not be able to say right now, you may not know how that verse goes, Sharon, but the Holy Ghost will just prompt you and it will bubble up out of you. You may not have all the scripture references necessarily memorized, but that scripture just bubbles out of you. Yes. I sometimes, I get into my, my, my rebirthing process where my faith is becoming alive, my rekindling process, and sometimes 7, 8, 10, 12, 15, 20 verses just start coming out of me. And I couldn't honestly tell you what all the references are, but because I haven't memorized all of them, but they come out of my spirit, and I'm quoting them almost perfectly because they're in my spirit. Yeah. Because I've been meditating on those scriptures. So if you never read the Bible, there's not much to rekindle. If you never read it, because you're on Instagram, um, there's not much to rekindle because your faith has to be rekindled. But it can only be rekindled with the word because that's where it comes from. So you've got to have the word in you in order to stir yourself up. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not against me, social media. I'm not against any of that. What I'm against is distractions. Listen, some of you aren't social, social media, but all you do is clean. You're clean freaks. That's a distraction. Now, don't live in a pigsty, but you don't have to clean for 19 hours and rob your time with Jesus. Some of you, you you're great on social media. You're great on balancing, but all, all you want to do is work out or all you want to do is cook or all you want to do is read books or all you want to do is, I just got to spend time with my kids. We've got to do another craft. We've done 1,900 crafts today, but I need to do another one. And there's nothing wrong with taking care of your kids. We play Uno. That little rat last night, Luke, he's five. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not nice. I, I'll play my hardest. I'm, I'm not, I'm not pu pussyfooting around these kids. If you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me good. Because you're going down, buddy. And I, I pummeled him for five, to, for, for five games, and he just had a downtrodden look. And then I thought to myself, I can't do that. That's not right. So I said, Lord, I'm going to lose this one on purpose. But just let you know that I, it's not really a loss. But, you know. So I'm saving my cards, and I'm picking up extra cards because I want him to win. And he's got his cards on the floor, so I can't see his cards. I don't know how many he has left. And so I'm playing, I'm playing. And I thought, I'll do the... Easy, like I'll start to cheat kind of to say so he wins when I'm kind of right down to Uno, my last card. Let me get to Uno, and then no matter what that is, I'll just fake it and I'll just keep picking up until this little the guy wins because I can't break his heart anymore. So I, I, I'm, I'm right down, I got two cards left, and I'm, and I'm playing my hardest. I'm playing, I'm not, I'm not joking around with this thing, I'm only gonna be soft on the last card. And the two cards left, he had. <laughs> He had a change of color card, and then he had another uh, power card, and you can put both of them down at the same time. So I knew he hadn't said Uno yet, and he looks at me like this, and he goes, Uno. <laughs> and I looked at him. I was shocked. I said, you actually beat me, you little rat. You actually beat me fair and square. I didn't even pick up by cheating. He beat me on his own, Jennifer. I don't know why I was sharing that story. Crafts. 
You do 1900 games. I did a game too, but I'm not going to play Uno for six hours when I do need to spend some time with Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? We have to have a balanced life. You get on the treadmill. If you don't, you'll become a blob. You go and eat as healthy as you can. You spend time with your children. You clean your house. I've met so many weird people over the years. I can't clean because I need to fast and pray. And their house is a pigsty. That is displeasing to the Holy Ghost. You're just a weirdo. Stop being a weirdo. Just balance your life. Clean. Take care of your body. Have a shower once in a while. You understand what I'm saying? You just live normal. Just be a normal person. But in all of that stuff that you're doing, carve out time. Even if you have to get up earlier, carve out time. Say, Father, this is my precious time with you. I'm not letting anything touch this time. This is where I pray, I worship, I wait quietly before you. This is where I take your word and I meditate on it and faith is built. Now I've got a scripture that the next day I can refuel, refire, stir up because I had that scripture the day before. Now the next day I have more scriptures because I was doing that the day before. You see how it's a domino effect. But if you take spiritual holidays and you don't read the word for weeks on end, there's nothing for you to stir up. And the faith you had three weeks ago ain't working for you right now. And that's why a lot of Christians act like sinners. They're sick like sinners. They're broke like sinners. They're frustrated like sinners because the faith that is the victory that overcomes the world is not being re-stirred every day and reborn. So because they did it a few weeks ago and they thought they shot the moon. But now they're just living like, they're not sinners, they're saved, they're going to heaven, but they're acting like sinners because there's no faith and there's no victory because there's nothing rebuilt, stirred, fired. Because they did it three weeks ago and then they stopped, but they forgot the faith went to sleep with them and never woke up. You've got to wake it up. If you wake it up, it will work for you every single day. It will work for you and there'll be victory every single day. And there'll be joy and there'll be health. And I'm telling you, when I see young people backside, I know it's very simple. They got away from the word. They stopped rekindling it. We need to teach our young people and everybody, Reverend Taylor, that they have to take a moment in the day to stir up living lightning. That's the key. It's not having a big, a big youth service where everybody's crying. And it's so emotional. And yes, there's faith because the Holy Ghost is there. But then they don't do it again for three weeks. And now you see, now they're edging away. There's no living lightning in their soul. There's no faith. There's nothing. There's, they didn't stir anything. So now they're living off three weeks ago faith, and that faith is moldy. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're facing pornography. They're facing kids that are antichrist. And there's no power and victory to overcome the world because they didn't stir it up. I'm trying to teach my boys, stir it up. Stir it up, boys. Stir it up. Every day, stir it up. Hallelujah. It works. If you'll do it, it works. This was just a simple Bible teaching, but it does work. Amen. Hallelujah. With my own particular brand, as you know, I'm a little bit animated at times, but that's just the way my brain works. If you don't like it, tough luck. That's just the way I am. I don't mean to offend you, but I I think weird sometimes. Praise God. And Taylor, don't tell me that you're a rabbit in the morning because I know you're not. She is. Makes me sick. Jesus, help. Jesus, Lord God, hallelujah. And I'm like, (laughs) my eyes don't work, Jennifer, come pray for me. (laughs) But I get to my stirring and I get into faith. So you may be like you or me or you may be like her. Praise God, whatever style you have, just make sure that you stir yourself Now, did you notice, I'm not going to keep going because I've got to quit, but did you notice the next verse? The very next verse says, we don't have a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You know what sound mind means? It means disciplined mind. It means you control your own thoughts instead of your thoughts controlling you. Now, if you don't stir yourself up, what's going to happen? Immediately, fear is knocking at the door. When I see people afraid, oh, COVID, oh, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, what's going to happen here? When I see people afraid, that spirit of fear has come on them, it's because they didn't stir up. If you stir yourself up, fear stays off you. Because when you stir yourself up, what you're doing, you're igniting, you're reigniting living fire of the Word of God, and faith is taking hold with you. Faith overcomes. Faith is the opposite to fear. If you are rekindling faith, fear cannot touch you. If you are not rekindling, you will find fear starts to creep on you. That's why he said, I know you got faith. I'm asking you to remember to stir it up. Because if you don't, the spirit of fear is going to come. 
Now, we don't have the spirit of fear. We have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, but only if you're stirring it up. A lot of people just claim that. I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, but they, they, don't, they don't stir up their faith. So they're trying to take that verse out of context. The context of the verse is you have power, love, and a sound mind because you've been stirring your faith up with the word. And if you don't stir it up, fear is on the way. Do you understand? So you don't just claim I have power, love, and a sound mind. You got to have the whole counsel of the word stirring in you, including verse 7, but not limited only to verse 7. When you don't stir, fear comes. Are you listening? If you find yourself afraid, it's a great litmus test. If you're afraid about something, you didn't stir the word on that thing. If you're afraid of sickness, you didn't stir the word on that thing. If you're afraid of the economy, you didn't stir up the word about your financial breakthrough. If you're afraid of spiders, I don't know what it is, you didn't stir up your faith about your dominion over all the creeper thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. If you're afraid about this, if you're afraid about that, you didn't stir up the word on that thing. Because if you stirred up the word, you'd have faith, and faith kills fear. If you're afraid, it means you don't have faith, which means you haven't stirred. So the one way, great way to know if you're stirring, see what you're afraid of. If you find yourself totally without fear in the face of this world, then you know the living word of God is working in you because faith cannot be afraid. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith is never afraid. Faith looks and says, come. Praise God. Faith looks at famine and destruction, Jenny, like Job says, and goes, ha, ha, ha. How faith looks at Goliath and says, I won't just whoop you. I'll whoop your whole army. Come on down here, big boy. That's what faith says. Faith with Abraham in 318 looks at the army of five kings and says, come. And they slaughter every one of them. That's what faith does. Faith is not afraid. Faith does not back up. If you're backing up, it means you haven't stirred up your faith. Stir up your faith. Stir up your faith. Stir up your faith. Father, I bless them. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the word of God that was living and alive tonight to feed them, to help them, to teach them. I know there's some new believers in the room tonight. Lord, this has been a dynamite message for them. This will save them years of frustration if they'll do it. Father, there's veteran believers in the house tonight that have been saved for 30, 40 years. Lord, we all need to hear it because all of us need a reminder that the manna from yesterday don't work today and we have to stir up that living fire, that lightning of heaven with the word of God that produces faith. And we will have victory at every turn. We will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that walks at noonday. We will not be afraid of COVID, about the economy or anything because our faith overcomes the world. But Father, because we've stirred up our faith, that's why we we have it working and we're not going to be afraid. We're going to keep stirring it up every day and it works every day in Jesus precious mighty name. Glory to God. Hallelujah.